Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps and encourages you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Chapter 12 and we're going to be reading in chapters, or verses 14 through 15. And uh, there's a lot in them, but um, I, I'm going to kind of, kind of, we're going to just spend a little bit of time in, in each different uh, chapter that I'm going to go through. Um, I'm not going to go any, through anything exhaustive. We're just going to kind of go through them and, and see kind of what the Lord is talking to us about through this. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 15. This is what it says. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Don't you sometimes wish you could scratch certain things out? Yeah. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for the fact that you've given us the grace to rise above bitterness. Lord, that you have allowed us, God, to see the impact of what bitterness does to people, how it destroys relationships, how it tarnishes families. And, and Lord, I thank you this morning, God, that you would help set people free from this bitterness that we are going to talk about this morning. And God, I thank you that as that happens, Lord, that people would be more ambitious to live out the destiny and the purpose that they have to make you more famous in Jesus' name. If you believe that, you can say amen. So if you would write this title down, you can write this down, Bitter Won't Make You Better. And oftentimes that's what we, we kind of assume is that if I get bitter, it'll make me better. It'll make me feel better anyway. But it really truly doesn't make you any better. It actually makes you worse off. And here, um, there's a few things that I want to talk about. But I was thinking about bitterness. And bitterness is often used kind of as a seed or a root in conversation in Scripture. It's talked about as a root. And I don't know about you, but I've never been at Lowe's and somebody's like, hey, could you tell me where you can find um, weeds so I can plant some more in my yard? Right? Like, you don't just look for, for weeds so you can sow them into your yard. They just all of a sudden show up. And beautiful, lush grass, they just show up. Right? You know, it's just something that happens. And, and then, you know, you get this idea, okay, I'm just going to weed eat them and they're going to be gone. And they're gone for a day, a week, a month, however long that weed is strong. And then all of a sudden it comes back up, right? And I think that's why I'm talking about that is I think that we, we, we try to weed eat a lot of bitterness out of our lives. And it, it maybe it goes away for a little bit, but it never actually, you can't eliminate it by weed eating it. Bitterness will stay with you as long as you let it grow. And here he, he kind of hits some things um, that I think we need to have a conversation about. The first thing in, in verse 14, he says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. He uses this thing, work. In other words, you don't just get peace, you work to gain peace. You don't just, you don't just become holy, you work at becoming holy. It is the product of tilling your life and being aware of what's there and what's not there. And I think that sometimes it's like, well, I go to church. I read my Bible. How many of you all know if you just read your Bible, but you don't let your Bible read you, yeah. things don't change. Yeah. But it's as you work towards 
peace and letting peace get in your life, as you work towards letting the Spirit of God in your life, you begin to become more holy. Not perfect, holy. Huge difference. Holiness is to the desire, the ways, and the will of God. Right? That's what holiness is. And, and another word that we can use interchangeably with bitterness is another word called resentment. Resentment and bitterness are the same word. Uh, it's just that's a lot of times people call it bitterness and not resentment. However, they basically are the identical thing. And he says this in verse 15. He says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Notice that he says, he says, watch out. Another version, another uh, translation says, it springs up. How many of y'all know that in the, in the summertime or when spring comes, all of a sudden, weeds just pop up? They just all of a sudden show up. Did you invite them? Did you ask weeds, hey, please come into my yard? Did you do anything to get weeds to show up? No, they just showed up. This is exactly how bitterness works. He's using this word spring up as an agricultural word to let you know that bitterness doesn't just say, hey, I'm coming. Which kind of leads to my first point that I think we need to understand because here's the thing. If you don't understand how bitterness works, you can't get it, you can't be aware of it when it comes in. You have to know how different emotions come. Now, we talked about unforgiveness. And, and quite honestly, even though we talked about it, the, the, the byproduct of unforgiveness is bitterness. We get bitterness because we don't deal with unforgiveness. And so here he says this. It says, it, watch out. He uses this word. And another again, another translation, it springs up. Here's what we need to know about, about bitterness. Bitterness doesn't wait to be invited. Bitterness, if you've been hurt by someone, it doesn't say, hey, it doesn't give you warning. It just shows up and it becomes an emotion that you attach to because it makes you feel justified in that moment. It comes alongside of you and it, it pets your unforgiveness. It makes you feel worthy to have it. It just comes up and it says, hey, you should be bitter. And you in that moment have to know who you are in Christ to be like, nope, I don't want that. Or you accept it because it begins to do something for you. That's why he says, watch out. Because bitterness just shows up uninvited. It just comes. But what is bitterness? How does bitterness get there? Bitterness is the fruit of pain. Disappointment. Discouragement. Betrayal. You can name a million different emotions. But it's through hurt. It's through disappointment. Someone said something that you didn't think they would ever say to you. A parent did something to you you never thought they would do to you. A friend abandoned you. Right? Like, that is what happens. And so bitterness is the fruit of one of those things. Whatever those emotions were, bitterness attaches and that is what happens is that it just all of a sudden becomes the fruit of pain and hurt and disappointment and discouragement. See, we need to understand that bitterness begins by guarding the offense we should be giving to God. Oftentimes what we do is when bitterness comes, we guard that pain. Like, do you, here's a perfect illustration, someone hurts you. Do you understand what they did to me? 
Do you understand what you're just doing right there in that moment? You're guarding the offense. And let's be honest, we are all guilty of guarding an offense. We are all guilty of guarding something and justifying it and empowering the seed of bitterness to grow at a, gra- at a rapid rate. Right? Have you ever done that where it's like, do you understand that they did this to me and they did this to me and they did this to me? You guard it and start instead of saying, God, I know that someone hurt me, but I thank you that you've given me grace where I've hurt you. Notice what he does is he says it in verse 14 and 15 and he talks about the grace. Let me read it real quick because this is a key component. Because you don't get rid of bitterness, you don't get rid of unforgiveness without the grace of God stepping in to help you. So this is what it says. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. He's letting you know you need to make sure that you receive the grace of God so that you can get rid of the bitterness of the enemy. And so oftentimes what we do is we guard that pain. And we put, sometimes we'll put banners up and we're like, I mean, we'll call 17 friends. Can you believe what they did? And then what happens? They start justifying your bitterness, not knowing it. Instead of saying, hey, how are you handling that? How are you giving that to God? If you want to be a good friend, if you want to be a good husband or wife or a good sibling, and somebody comes to you with offense, the best thing you can do is say, how are you going to give that to God? That should be our goal. It should not be like, oh, well, let's get a a rally cry together and let's just talk about it. Right? See, that's why bitterness stays with us as believers so much because we get people who are willing to help guard it with us. Stand up, babe. You know, we, we you turn around backwards. Backwards. Okay, there we go. She's, it's like, you know, you guard anything coming this way. And this is what we do. Is This is what we do with believers. We guard offense. We guard bitterness. And we go, okay, you see anything? No. And we just keep talking about our bitterness and how it is justifiable. I can't believe, can you believe what they did to me? I mean, it's just, I mean, they got an attitude. Did you see it? Oh, I saw it. You know, and you just feed into this and you guard it. But what she, if she really loved me, what she would do is she would say, hey, I know that probably hurts you, but how can you give that to God? And this is where we as Christians have to grow. And, and that takes a lot of maturity job. Right, is, is we, have to, we, we can't guard it, we have to give it. We have to be willing to hand it over. So here's my question for you, what pain are you holding on to? Who's been a person who's been facilitating, guarding your bitterness? Because it takes someone who really loves you to say, hey, I'd be really careful. And we haven't been taught that. We haven't been trained to hand over those things. We've been taught to guard them and to, to make sure that we can justify this for years. And the next time we see them, all we do is see what they did to us. But the scripture is full of talking about walking in love and forgiveness. And I know that is way easier to talk about right here right now. But if I was to be in your pain and in your hurt and in your disappointment and your discouragement, I may want to try to help guard things with you but I know that that won't help you. At the end of the day, none of the guarding is going to help you become a whole person, a better person, holy and peaceful. See, bitterness is built to protect 
and provide for your soul in a way Jesus should be. That's what bitterness does, is it tries to come in and play the role of Jesus in the way it can never do. Oh, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. I know. I'll remind you the next time you, somebody else wants to be in a relationship with you, I will remind you of why you shouldn't be, tra- tra- be transparent and open. See, bitterness tries to come and protect you and provide in a way that Jesus should. This is why we have to be really careful with bitterness. Because it, it, it will hurt us way more than it will help us. It interferes with the plans that God has for you. That's what it does. Bitterness will come in and it'll interfere. How many of y'all know that God has a plan for your life? And bitterness can come in and totally wreak havoc on that plan. Why? Because we begin to let him protect, we, we begin to let bitterness protect and provide for us instead of Jesus. And we let it become our guide. See, bitterness can happen with God even. Some of you may be in the room and you're, you're bitter at God can't believe this God that we say and we worship that says he loves me why did he let this happen to me and we get bitter do you know most atheists in America are atheists because of how they feel God disappointed them because they feel that this is what they we I was giving my life to God I was serving him faithfully I was doing all these different things and he let me down and bitterness came in and protected and provided for them a lie So we have to be really careful with the power of emotion. That bitterness will come in and it will lie to you. It will say, you know, I can't believe God. That's what he did in the garden, right? Did God? He he always comes with a question to question God. And I think that a lot of us maybe even hurt in ways with God. And maybe it's an area that God will have to illuminate in your life and in your heart. But I think it's an important thing to acknowledge And then take it to God. Allow him to be able to work through your life. Bitterness doesn't stay within the boundaries of your heart and your life. This is what you need to understand. Bitterness is transferable. Let me prove it to you. You need a Bible scripture for it? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you one. It just happens to be in the same scripture. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Have you ever been with somebody and they were fine and you started talking to them about what you're bitter about and before you know it, the next time they saw the person you were talking about, they're bitter about them. And then it becomes this, all these different people don't like you because of one person that said something about you. Or that's the same thing. You have an opinion about somebody You have a thought about somebody because somebody else broadcasted them in a bad light. That's the power of bitterness. The actual word here, it means to to die, to die or stain. Right? You ever eat ketchup? You're eating a hot dog, cheeseburger, and you put it on there and you bite it and it just comes off of it and it gets on your shirt? That's the representation of bitterness. Bitterness gets off of you and it stains somebody else. Have you ever been bleaching something and bleach gets on you and it ruins your shirt, right? That's the power of bitterness. Bitterness, it means corrupting many means to die or stain someone. So here's the, this is important. 
bitterness doesn't just stay with you. Bitterness, if you live your life with bitterness, you will affect your family, you will affect your friends, you will affect coworkers, you will affect your world with bitterness. You will infect them. So we have to be really careful and cautious as to, man, do I have bitterness in me? Because bitterness doesn't want to just stay with you. Bitterness wants to be like a virus and connect to every person it can. Because it, 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 it hurts more people. It taints the view of God. It taints different aspects of what's going on in a person's life. So how do we fight bitterness? Because here's the thing. You and I can't avoid hurt. We can't avoid disappointment. We can't, appoint, we can't avoid discouragement. I mean, unless you live in a bubble and then you'd probably even offend yourself. Right? You'd be like, oh my gosh. Because that's just the reality. We live in a life, we live in a world that we're going to get hurt, we're going to have pain, we're going to have trauma, we're going to have different things that happen because we're interacting with people. Even at work, even if you're an introvert and you try to avoid people as much as you can, you still work with people, you're married to people, you have kids, you have different aspects of your life to interact with, right? So, so you're going to have to learn to deal with those things. So there's a scripture in... In Proverbs 4, and it says this, above all, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. So what is he, what's he implying? He's saying whatever's in your heart is where you're going to go. If you've got bitterness in your heart, that's where your life goes. Your life moves at the condition of what's in your heart. So he says, this is what you do. You guard your heart. So... It's not my job to recognize if Alicia gets bitterness. It's Alicia's job to recognize if she gets bitterness. Doesn't mean that I can't still be there because I will. But she got, she's got to get to the point where when bitterness is coming into her heart, she recognizes it. Because how many of you know you can't guard what you don't know is coming in? So he says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. See, this is really important because some of you know that what gets in your heart affects your entire life. If I get bitterness in my heart, I'm gonna, I'm going to, it's going to infect all the different people in my life. And maybe not instantly, but over the course of life, it's going to affect them. So I was just observing and thinking about bitterness and what does it do? Bitterness, here's the second point. Bitterness magnifies the bad and minimizes the good in people, in situations, in circumstances. Think about it. Whenever you have bitterness, what does it do? It magnifies the trauma, the pain, the hurt, the disappointment, the person. It makes somebody that accidentally may have said something vindictive, and I can't believe they, they premeditated it. They thought about it. They have been stewing over this to try to get me offended. That's what bitterness does. Bitterness, it maximizes the bad and it minimizes the good. So that means a, a relationship that could easily be repaired ends up being something that you can't even, you can't ever, ever work out because that's all bitterness does. It only sees you as an evil person. It only sees this situation as a certain thing. And though someone may even be trying to work out something with you, bitterness says, nope. Nope, you're against me. You're not for me. 
It doesn't make space for people in restoration and, and, and to be reconciled. Bitterness doesn't make space. Think about it. Last time you were offended, when did bitterness talk to you and say, hey, we should work this out? I mean, bitterness has never done that for me. Bitterness says, hey, let's go sit in a corner and talk about this. How they were against you, how they did this and that and that, and you should have seen it. You know, they gave you signs. That's what bitterness will do. Bitterness will corrupt the entire plan that God has for your life. See, where your heart isn't guarded, bitterness and resentment gain access to influence in deeper ways. Here's my concern. How many Christians are being influenced by bitterness and not the spirit? When you look in the world, we are way more judgy, way more bitter than we are loving. Why? Why are we so judgy? Why are we so angry? Why are we so bitter? Because we're letting the wrong thing influence us. Because we downplay the power of how bitterness actually is influencing us. And so we, we just begin to just live with our ailment called bitterness. Instead of giving it to Jesus and saying, okay, Lord, I'm bitter and owning it. I don't like that person. This is what they did. And giving it to him. Because God is never going to take bitterness from you. Bitterness is always going to be a transaction that is fueled by you handing it and releasing it to him. At least in my experience, I've never had the Holy Spirit come in and say, hey, you need to give me that. He's always willing to receive it, but I have to, I have to make the effort to say, okay, Lord, they offended me, they hurt me, I'm bitter at that situation, I'm going to hand this over to you, and I want to heal that relationship. So I think we have to really understand that, that you know, your choices and perspectives, just think about the choices and the perspectives in life that are hindered because of bitterness, that how I even view my next, the next person in my life, how do I view them? If bitterness is really, is really in my life, it, it, it establishes a perspective about all the other people in my life. Because if somebody else hurt me, then somebody else is going to hurt me. And it's so fueled by that. It clouds, it clouds your perspective. It gives you a tainted view of humanity. Like, even people that are really for you, you're like, wait a minute. Because you're so bitter, you're like, something's up. This is why it's so important. Because God puts people in your life, and if you have bitterness, you could literally push away the very thing that God's trying to bring into your life. See, bitterness will violate your ability to discern direction in your life. Because bitterness becomes your discerner instead of the spirit. And so many times we, we allow something that shouldn't be discerning our lives, discern it. And so when I'm in a relationship or I'm in a, in a situation or a circumstance, I'm discerning a negative way. Because remember, bitterness always maximizes the bad, minimizes the good. So therefore, bitterness, I just view and I discern life through that. I discern, it through, I discern it through the trauma, the pain, the, dis, dis, the disappointment, the discouragement. All of those different things happen, and that's how I discern life. 
is through that lens. It gives you a skewed filter of people in their hearts. You begin to assume everybody else's heart was like their heart. And until they prove it other, you're going to view them that way. I mean, how would you like to have to sit down with a a three-person interview before you could be a friend with somebody? That's what bitterness does. Okay, let's sit down and tell me, how have your last four relationships gone? Okay, what, what did, you know, and you just sit down and have this interview. That's what your heart is doing. So someone has to prove why they should be in your life through bitterness before you ever let them in. So my question is, how many of us are missing out on quality relationships or, or incredible people because of bitterness that's latched to our hearts? So this is why it's really important because I think we move at the rate of our relationships. And so if we don't have great relationships, it's probably because of the way that we view and function in life with our hearts. Bitterness becomes the sole focus of what guides you in relationships in life. And I know that probably many of us, it's not like we could highlight maybe that's this, but bitterness will come at some point. You will get the privilege of experiencing bitterness if you want. Be careful if, you got, if you're trying to guard it. We have to be people who give bitterness back to God and say, God, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to do with that thing. It's like somehow some of y'all feel with a baby when they say, you want to hold my baby? You're like, I don't know what to do with that thing. Right? You just hand it over to God. I'm trying to make some of y'all laugh. It's so tight. It's like, it's intense in here. It's the rain. I'm sure it's the rain. It's the rain. Um, last, one of the last scriptures I want to read is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and uh, 32. It says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage. Now, I think it's interesting. I'm going to pause for a second. He mentions bitterness, and then he mentions everything after. Why? Because the fruit of all those other things comes from the tree of bitterness. So he goes on, he says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Have you ever seen someone bitter? They do all of that. Right? As well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, so he gives us this. Look, do this, get rid of this, and then do this. I mean, if you need a manual for how to deal with bitterness, right here it is. Right here, the next time that you have bitterness, you have this rage and anger and you want to use harsh words and maybe hand gestures to tell someone they're number one, this is what you do. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted. Do you know how hard it is to be tender-hearted when you have bitterness? It ain't happening. I am not going to be tender if I'm bitter. Do you understand those are two oxy, that is complete opposite words. Bitter is breakable, it easily breaks. Tender is you can flex it. Completely different. It doesn't take much to break a bitter person, get them bent out of shape. 
Y'all remember, y'all, some of y'all are too young, but the bitter beer face, the commercial, it just changes who you are. It literally, like, restructures your attitude, your personality, your perception. So it goes on and says this, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's savage. Because <laughs> what you don't understand he just said there is like, hey, you know how you don't want to forget that person? Just remember, God forgave you. And then he drops the mic and walks off the stage. That's what he did. And not, see, that's where I need to get that kind of anointing where I can get rebuked. And I'm like, yeah, and I didn't even know it. Like he's got this anointing of like, hey, and just like God forgave you, forgive others. See, it's not about whether someone deserves it or not. And this is why we hold on to bitterness, because we feel like they need to prove to me why. I'm not asking you to be in relationship like you were, but I am asking you to forgive and let bitterness go. Because bitterness does nothing for you or them. I've, I've, I've encountered people that have had bitterness towards me, and I am still as happy as I can be. And they're all upset. And I'm sad, God bless that. I hate that their life stinks, that they're mad, because I'm in a great mood, and I love my life. I mean, bitterness, the same thing, though, if you, if, you, if I'm bitter at you, it doesn't matter. It's not, like, it's not like you're having a bad day over it, right? You're still great. Your day is great. I'm offended. I'm bitter. You know, I can be bitter, but it affects me. And some of us are holding on to things, and we're like, I'm going to get them. No, you're not. You're not doing anything for them. Bitterness is, is a pain towards you, and it affects you. So there's a scripture that we use all the time. So here's the, the, the third point is this. Is bitterness may not happen because of you. Hear me out. But it stays because of you. Look, bitterness doesn't happen because of you, but it stays because of you. Bitterness is your own. If it's with you, it's on you. It's because of you not wanting to let it go. Let it go. I, can't, I won't go there. <laughs> I've been listening to enough Frozen with my other daughter. I'm like, dear Lord, we have, we have, okay, I'm good. But there's this, you know, love is, 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 is like Roundup to bitterness. See, we've been using weed whackers for bitterness instead of Roundup. Love is what will diffuse and destroy bitterness at its root. You have to love them. You have to understand that, you know what? God loves me. And you, that's how you dissolve bitterness, is through love. It's not something you can cut back. It's something you have to cut out. And so many of us approach, we approach bitterness with weed eaters instead of shovels or Roundup. We need to be so tenacious I mean, think about how much money people spend on Roundup. I mean, on weed eaters and doing all this and weed eating weeds week after week after week after week. And that's kind of like what we do. We come in and we deal with bitterness and we cut it off and we cut it back and we cut it back and we cut it back. But when are you going to cut it out? When are you going to take bitterness and remove it from your life so that it doesn't dictate and determine what you do in life? That it doesn't become the discerner. That it doesn't become how you love and how you perceive life. 
Because at the end of the day, bitterness is affecting you at a higher rate than you realize. Bitterness is the, it's the, the, it's the thing that affects you way more than it wants to let you know. It blames everything else on the, on the person. Right? But there's this story that's fascinating to me. If you don't know the story, I'm going to catch you up in a minute. There's a man named Joseph. He has a dream as a boy. He tells his brothers and tells his dad and his mom that he is going to one day be worshipped or be exalted by his family. His father had given him this coat. He's favored. He's looked at as one of his, the, the favorite children. You know, parents aren't supposed to do that, but apparently it's biblical. So he's he's got this favorite child named Joseph. Joseph has this dream. He tells his brothers, his brothers come up with this thing. Hey, we're going to go ahead and when he goes out, we see him coming. We're going to take him. We're going to throw him in a pit. We're going to kill him. And we'll just get rid of the favorite brother. So you got to be careful if you're a favorite, okay? <laughs> Second thing, so they end up giving him off to slavery. And he goes into Egypt and he becomes a, a slave. He goes there and he begins to serve Pharaoh, which is the king, and he gains favor with Pharaoh. And then his wife sees that Joseph's very attractive. He's like, hey, let's hook up. How you doing? And Joseph runs. And he gets in a pit. He goes to prison. And then, so now he's been in the pit with his brothers. Now he's been in prison with, with Pharaoh. And he gets out. And this all started because he told them a dream about his future. Now, if anybody has a right and a reason to be bitter, it's Joseph. But here's the cool thing. While Joseph is sitting in pits and he's sitting in prisons, he's not stewing about what his brothers have done to him. He may have thought about it. He may have even at some point said, I can't believe my brothers would do this to me. But at some point, he worked out the bitterness that was trying to show up in his heart. And finally, they meet up at the end of their, at the end of this. And his brothers come in because there's this crazy famine that's happening. And it brings them to him. And the Bible says that when he met them, he ran into the other room to weep. Not to be rageful and to be revengeful. Not to go get swords and find ways to kill them. See, what was happening is while Joseph was in pits and while he was in prisons, he was trying to be attuned to the Lord. And God, what is going on about this? You said I would be this. And many of you have maybe sat in prisons, in your own prison. You've sat in pits. But here's the question. What did you do while you were there? Because this is what the Bible says. Joseph says, it goes on and it talks about this whole thing in, in chapter 50. But at the very end, we use this all the time. And I want to read 14 through 21. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger. What I want you to keep, keep in mind, he hasn't shown any anger up to this point. Because he's there, it's proving to us, while he could have already attacked his brothers, he's not done that. He's not done anything to show any anger at all to, towards them. And then he goes on and says, and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him. They said, so they went and they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you. For their sin and treating you so cruelly, 
So we, the servants of God, of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Bitterness doesn't do that, y'all. Bitterness says, oh, I'm going to get you. I don't care what you think. I don't care what dad thought. I'm going to get you. He says he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me and my God. That I can punish you. You intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. Do you understand the maturity of this statement? That we hear, that we, this is the problem, is we hear scripture and we read it. But many of us get, get a wrong text that's sent wrong. And we'll drop a friend. This guy had people literally throw him in pits and prisons. In his heart, when he meets them, he loves them, he wraps his arms around them. He says, look, I have understood that this was about God getting glory, not, not about me coming at you. See, bitterness wants to get at somebody. Here's the point, is that you can get bitter or you can get better, but you can't do both. Everybody wants to get better and keep their bitterness. You'll never get better holding on to bitterness. Whether it's your dad, your mom, your uncle, your cousin, your niece, your nephew, your sister, your friend, your coworker. You're never going to get better. Bitter. And Joseph shows us the power that you can go through all of that and still be full of grace and love. You can still be full of love and grace. You guys can stand with me as I close. See, bitterness will have you avenging people instead of forgiving them. That's what bitterness does. Bitterness says, how can I avenge? How can I get at somebody? Instead of how can I let the Holy Spirit work through me and love them the way that you would love them. Bitterness comes as a friend, but it's never a friend. See, bitterness identifies, identifies that you let pain and bitterness and all of those things influence your heart. That's what it does. When you realize you have bitterness, what you're letting yourself see is I have allowed my pain and my hurt to influence, influence me more than Christ. Christ, as Christians, we are, he is supposed to be the ultimate influencer in our lives. And bitterness helps us identify, okay, I'm letting trauma, pain, hurt influence me more than him. And that's not a knock on any of us. That's for us to realize, okay, wow, I do need to take this to God because I haven't, because he's obviously not the influence in this situation. So my heart and my hope for you this morning is that if you have bitterness, that you would lay it at the altar, that you would hand it over to God, that you would stop guarding it, stop protecting it, stop justifying it. But you, you don't understand. Joseph could have spent his 30 years justifying and endorsing the trauma and the pain in his life. But he finally realized, you know what? There's something else to this, and I'm going to make sure that I grow through this 
I'm going to see what God wants to do in my life. And God continued to promote him. Here's my question. Would God been able to promote a Joseph that was bitter? He changed the nation for 400 and 500 years because of him not having bitterness. Think about how bitterness could, if we let it go, how much of other people are affected by it, by us letting it go. That now my kids aren't experiencing bitterness through me because I've let it go. Now my family isn't experiencing bitterness because I've let it go. So if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to admit it. Like I didn't come to church today to admit that I'm bitter. I get it. And there's going to be some people that don't want to raise their hands. Because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, how are people going to, people are going to think something of me. Here's the deal. Most of us have experienced or have bitterness in our heart. Here's the thing. I want us to recognize that we shouldn't be guarding it. We should be giving it. And this is your moment to be able to give something. And say, okay, God, I'm not going to justify the, 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 the bitterness that I have in my heart towards whatever, whoever it is. That today, I'm going to release it to you. So today is going to be a moment where we give back to God what only he can fix what only he can heal. So with every head bowed, I don't usually do this, but I want to give you a space to acknowledge it and to give it to God. So if that's you, I want to ask you to slip your hand up. Think Think about that thing, that person, whatever it is. And then I want you to to legitimately say, God, I hand you over this bitterness. God, I ask you to help me walk through this bitterness. God, I refuse to guard bitterness any longer. I give it to you. Father, you see every hand raised. Father, with every hand raised, there's a story. With every hand raised, there's a situation that's happened. And God, I thank you that in this moment right now, God, that you are the great forgiver. You are the God that gives us grace. So, Lord, I thank you this morning right now, God, for every person in this room, God, that's dealing with bitterness, God, that you would help them let it go. That, God, that you would restore them, that you would heal them, that you would work through them, that you would love them through it. I pray for the strength to heal whatever it may be. So, God, The bitterness is in your hands. Help us to be like a Joseph, God, that in the midst of all of the things that have happened, God, that we would see there's something else bigger that God's doing. That, God, that you were doing something so much bigger. 
Lord, I thank you for your anointing that comes in and sits with people. We thank you, Jesus, for your love filling every heart, every life, every story. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Maybe this morning you've never given your life or your heart to Christ, and you said, that's me. I want to start by giving my life to my, my life and my heart to God. This morning I want to I want to acknowledge that I need him, that I haven't accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And this morning you said, that's me. I want to give my life and my heart to him. If you would, slip your hand up. I just want to know who you are so I can pray for you. Let's pray this prayer together. There may be someone online. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe you, Jesus, died on the cross for those sins. You rose again on the third day to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I ask you, Jesus, Reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen.